how to build your internal validation, how she went from being depressed to being a confidence coach, how to ask for what you're worth at your job, how to not be intimidated in a room full of older, wealthier people, and so much more coming right up. This is episode number 423 with former professional golfer turned confidence and success coach and motivational speaker, Christina LeCure. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Best You Podcast with me, your host, Nick Carrier. At Best You, we exist to help individuals get closer to the best version of themselves because when they do, not only are they better off, but their friends, family, community, and the world are ultimately better off because of it. One way that we do this is through the 10-week transformation where we help people build the healthy habits that transform their self-confidence, their body, and their life. If you're interested in building self-confidence and healthy habits, then go to nickcarrier.com slash 10WT. Again, nickcarrier.com slash 10WT. Today, I cannot wait for y'all to meet Christina. I hope you're ready to get amped up because Christina is going to bring the fire and bring the passion today. Christina is a former professional golfer who shortly after her career hit what she calls her rock bottom. She was down in the dumps on herself, on her life, on her own abilities until she made a complete 180 reversal and I can't wait for you to hear all about it. Before diving into the episode, be sure you're subscribing to the Best You Podcast on the Apple Podcast app, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and be sure you share the episode with a friend while you're listening. All you have to do is send them to nickcarrier.com slash podcast. And if you enjoy the show, then I would love it if you leave a five-star rating and review. But without further ado, here's to getting closer and closer to your best you with the one and only Christina LeCure. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Best You Podcast. I am super excited today to be joined by the one and only Christina LeCure. Uh, Christina, I just want to start off by saying thanks so much for joining me here today. Oh my gosh. Thank you. And you got my name right. Holy cow. You and like <laughs> no one. <laughs> <laughs> practice. Practice yeah. makes perfect, baby. But yeah, no, so I'm super excited to have you on today after digesting some of your, your social media content and some of your podcast content. I know that Everybody's going to get super fired up today and going to learn how to build some confidence in their in themselves and and really they're going to get out of this episode and they're going to want to take action and they're going to probably have a million things that they have written down that they want to go do. So you guys make sure that you take notes during this podcast. I promise you, you're going to get some action steps. I promise you, you're going to build just confidence by listening to Christina. And so the way I actually want to start today though, Christina, is I kind of want to back up to your childhood a little bit. You grew up playing golf because your parents owned a golf course and it seemed like you worked at the golf course ever, from a very young age for a long time. Um, I don't really know that many females personally that, I mean, obviously there are plenty, but I don't personally know any females who grew up playing golf. So I want to know a little bit kind of what that was like from your perspective. It sounds like you always wanted to kind of be around the guys and, and hang out uh, and be around the golf course and stuff like that. So talk to us a little bit about, was that something that you picked up as a true desire or is that just kind of you picked up because of your parents talked a little bit about like growing up in the game of golf 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, look at you knowing so much about me. Um, I actually didn't though start playing golf until really late in life. I actually started oh, playing really? golf. When I was, yeah, I started playing golf when I was 18. However, I grew up on a golf course. I was born basically on a golf course. My dad owned a golf course um, since I was really little, has either you know owned it or been a professional at a golf course. Both of my brothers played golf since they were like in diapers. I was kind of like told to do it. So my personality is like. Am I, by the way, am I allowed to cuss on this show? No. Yeah, go for it. I can't. Okay, cool. So I was like, fuck, no, I'm not doing that if I was supposed to do that. So I didn't actually do it until I started working at a country club where the guys that I hung out with when I was working, who became my good buddies, they all went to go play golf after work. And I was like, okay, I obviously need to do this if I want to continue to hang out with the guys. I've always been a tomboy. I always worked since I was like really, really young. I've never, you know, characteristic about me is I've never really been good at anything. I've just worked harder than most people. And so I just figured out that like, okay, if I get want to hang out with these guys, I'm going to have to play golf. So I actually started playing golf when I was 18, but you know, I never really had a desire to do it. And I actually didn't love golf. I love competition, even still to this day, you know, I no longer play and I'm sure we'll go into like what my career was like or whatever, but I now love the it's not golf per se. I love the competition. I love being outside. I love hanging around with my like buddies who I learned from, you know, I was so blessed that I have had amazing, very, 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 very successful people that I have played golf with over the years in my career. So that's what I've really loved. I always used to call myself when I was doing corporate golf events, I was always calling myself a human connection expert because that's what I really love. So it's not exactly golf. <laughs> Well, so then, you, like you said, you started playing when you were 18 to kind of be able to still hang out with those guys that you worked with. Did you yeah. play sports leading up to that? Yeah, I played all like played all the sports. I played softball. Like I did, I did everything. I, I was always a tomboy, but golf was kind of just like my dad wanted me to play golf, and my brothers were playing golf, so I kind of like differentiated myself. I grew up in Canada, so I was actually big to snowboarding. So I played, I snowboarded during the winter. I played softball during the summers. That's crazy. Oh, I mean, I think a lot of people pick up maybe sports a little bit later, but 18, super late, especially because you went to college and you had a scholarship to play golf. So talk to us a little bit then about you started playing when you were 18. Then how quickly were you like, I want to try to play this in college? I got super good, super fast. So like I'd always been around golf and obviously I had a pinch of natural talent for sure. But again, I just worked at it. So started playing golf when I was 18 and in Canada, oftentimes people take time off between high school and college. So I actually took three years off, learned to play golf. I went traveling and I worked a lot. So I worked at the golf course during the day and then I worked at the bar at night. And so the cool thing about that was I was making a lot of money waitressing. And so I was able to then take the money that I was making, like good money for, you know, 18, 19 years old. I was making 500 bucks a night waitressing or whatever it was. So I was using that money to get entries into the, they played the Friday money game and it was the best golfers from the city that I lived in, the city of a million people like Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And I was working at the golf course and they let me play. And I'll tell you, that's still something that I use to this day with my clients is like how I got good so good so fast is I was around the best. I became a sponge. I was playing with people who were so much better than me. So I had the money to play. 
they let me play. I, I started on the ladies tees and then they eventually moved me back to the guys tees as good as I got. But in three years, I, I entered the first three tournaments I ever entered. I won. And within three years, I got a full uh, college scholarship here to Arkansas. So um, yeah, it was kind of like a crazy thing. I started playing when I was 18 and I was in college by 21. <laughs> Jeez. What a, uh, what a transition. That's you see your life may be going one way and then it goes in complete other and kind of on the same tune of that. Then you, turned pro and had a pro career of around three years, if I understand correctly. And I kind of want to just jump right into the transitioning out of golf, because I think a lot of people have different seasons of their life where they're doing this one thing and they see their life is kind of going in this direction. And then all of a sudden it just completely changes. And you kind of have this one vision or this one definition of what success is for yourself. And then all of a sudden that definition has no alignment anymore with what your life is actually turning into. And so what did it look like for you? What did it take for you to have to redefine kind of what success was going to be for yourself? I think that's a great question. And I, you know, whether you're an athlete, I'm sure a lot of athletes listen to this podcast, whether you're an athlete, a business person, whatever, you know, I always tell this kind of quick story. When I was 18, two things happened. One, I got good looking. Two, I got good at golf. And what happened when I got good at golf? People always laugh, but it's true. You know, yeah. like I was average and then I came up, became a little bit above average in both golf and looks. And what happened at that moment in time was I got a ton of external validation. I was like, oh, this is fun. How do I get more of this? And I'll tell you for the, the 10 years after that, so I'm going to be 40 this year, but I basically, you know, in this all relates to what you, the question you asked, but when I was like 27, I kind of had my rock bottom. I was addicted to external validation for about 10 or 11 years. I had a horrible eating disorder, hated my life. I was chasing something that people were telling me I was supposed to chase in order to be happy. And I was hitting the marks. I was making money. I was on television. I was really thin. I was modeling. I was playing golf. I was doing all the things I was fucking miserable. And I was doing it because of external validation. I was doing it because I thought I was supposed to, and that was what was going to make me happy. So when I was like 27, 28, when I, you know, I'd gone to LPGAQ school three times in a row for final stage, like I had never really got my full card and I was miserable. I, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know my purpose on the planet, but I had associated my worth with golf. Like my social media handle was golf Christina. If anyone ever, you know, struck up a conversation with me, they just thought my life was amazing. And all they wanted to talk about was golf. So for me, losing my golf was one of the hardest things ever because I didn't know who I was outside of that. And so many people struggle with this, whether it's work, whether it's family, whether it's relationship, you know, what they do, athletes, athletes, especially, gosh, if you're a young athlete listening to this and you think your whole worth comes from, you know, hitting the home runs or the way that you look or whatever it is, it's, it's a horrible reality because it's never going to make you happy. And there's never enough, like there's always someone better than you. And so for me, that transition was, I got sick of being sick and tired and I knew I had to do something different or I was going to kill myself basically to be hundred percent honest with you. And it was then that I just started figuring out, okay, I have to figure out what makes me happy. I have to, I, I figured out that, you know, your mind controls everything. Like your whole entire world is decided upon from your thoughts. And I dove into self-development. I hired coaches. I went to retreats. I, I did everything that I could possibly do. And I also went during that time, you know, whether you believe in God or not, but I found my faith because I knew that I couldn't do it without it. And so 
bettering myself, figuring out that I could decide it's my turn. You know, my whole brand is decide it's your turn. But, you know, for me, that was the catalyst to what I do now. Mm. It's interesting that, you know, the external validation that you got in the beginning essentially like did give you a sense of confidence and it did propel you forward, right? And I think that's interesting to think about. So if you were back in your in the shoes of 18, 22, 24-year-old Christina who was getting this external validation and putting a lot of your success and your self-worth on those things, what would you tell that person to change habit-wise to where like, you know, maybe you're still playing golf and doing that things, but maybe you're just enjoying things a little bit more because you're realizing you're not putting your self-worth on external validation and things of that nature. Like what are the habits, what would the habits have been to have not gotten you to that rock bottom, if you will? That's a great question. And I think there's a few things. Number one, I think it's exactly that knowing that your worth doesn't come from what you do, knowing your worth doesn't come from how you look, knowing your worth doesn't come from, you know, how much money you make and the accolades that you get. You know, I always say that like, I'm a, like, I really am. I'm so much better at golf now than I was ever then. I was good. And I'm still not amazing. Like compared to most people, you think I'm amazing, but compared to actual tour status, I'm not good. However, I will say I'm better at golf now. Why? Because I'm so freaking grateful for the experience. I love getting to play golf. Like I love being outside. I love, you know, BSing with my buddies. I love shooting a good score. I love like just the whole experience of getting to do it. If I would have been able to tell myself at 18, 22, 25, whatever that I was worthy, that life was going to turn out to be so freaking amazing. And I could just enjoy the heck out of that experience. I mean, let's be honest. I had a beautiful experience. Like life was good in so many regards, but there was so much pressure on it that I never understood how grateful I should be for the blessings that I had, the opportunities that I had, you know, the experiences in life that I had, you know, something that I say, and I actually just released a video on my social media at be Christina is being myself, but you know, was the experience of life. Like now I'm so grateful for my experience of life. And I just wish I could have gone back there and almost gave her a hug and said, don't worry, it's going to be okay. You can have fun and you can enjoy this. That's good. So to kind of go back on a little bit of the, the external validation part. So, and, and then you've always been a hard worker. Like you, you've oh. mentioned that a couple of times, you've always been somebody who you said were not necessarily naturally the best at anything, but you just outworked people. And that's one of the things that fired me up so much about a couple of the podcast interviews that I've listened to you and some of your stories, just like you, no matter what you knew, you were going to do what it take to figure it out, to make things right. And that's where I feel like I kind of get a lot of my confidence in myself as well. Cause I feel like no matter what, I'm going to follow through with the promises that I make to myself. If I tell myself I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And so kind of one of this, this like dichotomy almost that I want to ask you about is it sounds like you maybe didn't have confidence in your self-worth because of the external validation, but you had confidence in your ability to work hard at, at that time. Does that kind of sound right? Yeah. It's the difference to me was the outside versus the inside. Mm-hmm. Like I looked super confident before Nick, like in college, I was called the intimidator. Like people were intimidated by me because it's just my demeanor. I'm tall. Like I carry myself, obviously I cuss. Like I am just intimidating. If you don't know me, I think the difference now is I'm, confident in myself inside before it was almost like 
it was a, it wasn't an unwavering confidence that I now have today. Like I am confident as hell in myself. And I think there's a big difference between confidence and cocky. Like you said, confidence is a muscle. Confidence is something that you show up and you work on every single solitary. It gets stronger. The more that you can trust yourself, the more you say you're going to do something. That's the reason why, you know, my brand decided it's your turn. Like I believe everything in your life can change with decision, faith, and action. And most people say they make a decision and they don't because they give themselves out. They're kind of one foot in, one foot out. No, 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 no. A decision is a decision is a decision. Once you're all in, then you just figure out how to make it work. Everything's possible, like with decision, faith, and action, but make a true decision. You know, I think that just the difference between me today versus me back then was I looked confident on the outside, but inside I just didn't have the confidence in myself. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know my purpose. I didn't know... I really didn't know if it was going to work out. Like I always knew I was going to be successful in some regards, but I didn't want to hate myself into success. And I think that that was it. Like everything that I did back then, yes, I had a lot of accomplishments, but it was out of a desire to be like, if you screw this up, then what? Like you have to do this, Christina. This is dependent on everything. I am twice as successful now. And it's out of like the desire of like, I really like who I am. I really like my life and I want more. Like I am, I love life. Like I love opportunities. I love money. I love helping people. I freaking love it. And so now I'm motivated by that love for myself and love for life as opposed to before the motivation came from like fear of like not dropping the ball. Is it is it safe to say then because you you t- said um you know you felt down you didn't know your purpose you didn't know the direction is it safe to say that you feel like people can build confidence by gaining clarity on their purpose For sure like you have to know like something outside of yourself like I don't care what it is like for me I am so motivated by helping people if I'm 100% honest with you, I have a husband who's very successful. I've been with him for like 19 years. I don't have to work as hard as I do. I make a lot of money. I love what I get to do. But like, I would really honest to God do this for free because I freaking love it so, so much. Like, I love this so, so much. And that motivates me. Like, it motivates me so hard to see the aha moments for others. And I'm not one of those people that will tell you like, I'm here to impact a million people. No, I don't really give a shit. If I impact one person, I know I'm my, I'm, I know my job. Like I know who I am. I know why I'm here and I'm so clear on that. So it, that motivates me to keep showing up. Yeah. Well, I feel like, yeah, I think clarity on purpose is so important because if you know why you're here and you're doing that reason and you know, you would do it for free, but it's like, you know, that what you're doing is purposeful. You know, what you're doing matters. You, you believe in the action that you're taking every single day, that it's actually taking you somewhere and taking other people along with you. And I think that's what a lot of people are missing is they lack clarity on their purpose. What do you think revealed that to you when you left golf? What revealed to you that you wanted to help people in the way that you're currently helping them? Because I knew that I never wanted another human being to feel the way that I felt for 11, 12 years, like period, that was it, you know, but I want your audience to like take something away. So if you're not super clear on your purpose, I always try to say like three things or your why or what excites you or whatever it is, but it's like, 
what makes you like me right now, where veins are popping out of my neck, just like you, you're so excited to talk about it. Like this is something you and I, we could BS on this for the rest of the friggin' day. We could talk about in circles all day long. So what would you like, what excites you pick one thing? I don't care what the hell it is. You can talk about water. You can be, you can be about parent. You can do whatever you want to do exercise. I don't care. I don't care what it is, but what are you? Every one of us has a God-given responsibility that was put inside us. This is just happens to me, mine. So like, what excites you? What could you talk about all day long? What would you do for free? Like, what would you do for free? If you had all the money in the world, what would you do for free? Think about those three things and you'll get really close. And don't think too that like, cause I, I, I obviously as a coach and I'm working with so many people, either people like for life or business, or they're somewhat successful, or they just have an idea or they're super successful. I think people get caught up with, it has to monetize from the beginning, or they have to know what the end is going to look like. You know, I, when I first started this funny enough, you're a workout guy. I started like literally posting workout videos, probably like I don't know, seven years ago, like you could probably scroll back and be like, what the heck had, what does this have to do with today? I used to post like recipes. Funny part about it is I don't even cook anymore. I hire someone to cook for us. Like, you know what I mean? Like everything changes and shifts. It's just that like, had I known then I just had to start taking action. Cause that workout video then turned into inspiring people, got more confident. Like it, the path presented itself, but I had to start by taking action. Yeah. That's, that's so big, and I think a lot of people miss that. And it's is a constant reminder that I need to obviously always have with myself because that was kind of me in the beginning too. I actually studied finance and and insurance in college, and when I originally got out of college, I had already done some fitness training, and I had kind of had an idea that I wanted to do something in that space, but I wasn't sure what it was going to look like. So I was like, I'm just going to get this job in finance that because I studied in it, and then I and then I had this realization when I was sitting behind the desk, I was like, wait. I don't have to know what it's going to look like long term. I can just kind of figure it out as you go. And like you said, the path reveals itself to you as you start moving down it. And I think that's so critical. And that's the thing that so many people need to hear. One of the things that I think you probably are very good at advising people on is essentially people knowing what their worth is. And I know a lot of people, and, and me too, we sometimes can struggle to ask in a money sense of what we are worth. And you know, when you first started doing hosting the golf events, you asked for X amount of money and now you ask for X amount of money. And because you really believed that you were going to provide the value and you believed in your ability to provide an amazing event for those people. But I know a lot of people maybe should ask for a raise, but they're not asking for a raise. They believe they are probably worth more than they're getting paid, but they don't have the the courage to be able to go and ask for it. So what, what do you think is the steps or the mindset that somebody needs to take on to be able to take the action in asking for what they truly deserve and truly are worth. We'll be back to the interview in just a second. But first, I wanted to share a quick testimonial from a past participant of the 10-week transformation program. I started running the 10WT in the beginning of 2020, and I've had over 150 people on counting go through it, and they've seen amazing results both inside and out. If you're inspired to join after listening to the testimonial, then go to nickcarrier.com to learn more. We'll get back to the episode in just a minute, but first, here's what they had to say. I'm Nina. I joined the 10-week program, one, for friends, and then two, because I know that 
Nick always structures his workouts with a lot of intention behind everything. There's always a method behind the madness and it's not just like a bunch of jumping around to raise your heart rate essentially. Like there's always a reason why you're doing everything. I've been able to maintain um, a lot of my strength and I'm training for a marathon right now and so like my mileage is crazy and this is a lot of cardio. But with like doing his workouts twice a week I've been able to maintain a bunch of strength last nine weeks. My favorite part of the program is honestly probably the people that I've met through. Um, I've just been able to make a lot of friends and it's just a fun time at 5 a.m. <laughs> you should join Nick's 10 week program. Yeah, a couple of things here. So um, the first thing I will say, this is the reason why I say confidence is everything in life. Confidence is the key to money. Confidence is the key to happiness. Confidence is the key to success. Confidence is the key in relationships. Confidence, confidence, confidence. Like I will scream it from the mountaintops. Think about, I want your audience to think about someone they know that's like super successful. And you just kind of look at them and you're like, how the hell is that guy so freaking successful? Or why does that guy make so much money, more money than me or that girl or whatever it is? Chances are it's just because they're confident. Now, I'm not telling you to slack ass and just like, you know, I, I'm confident like, and I, I provide value. Like I'm confident in what I do and I provide value. I'm not just like confident blowing smoke. So there's a big difference, but like confidence is everything. So build your confidence and know what you're worth. And there's certain people, I, I remember I was listening to a podcast with Indra Nuri and she's, um, she was the CEO of Pepsi for forever. And she was like, you know, she made 50 million a year or whatever it was. And she said for herself in the boardroom, she was willing to make confident statements and stand behind them because you know, if she got fired, it wouldn't really matter. She's got 50 million in the bank. So not all of us have that luxury. And I don't want to pretend that everyone does, but I promise you, if you build your confidence and you know why you believe, like, you know what you believe and why you believe it, and you can back it up with results. Obviously your confidence is the only thing holding you back from getting that raise on the flip side of the coin, you know, I will say that women in particular have a hard time commanding their worth. I created a course years ago. It's not even out anymore. It was called commanding your worth because it made me so sad that women, like for instance, women do this quite a bit. And I know guys do it somewhat as well, but speaking as a woman and speaking as wanting someone who wants to empower women all the time to like command what they're actually worth. You know, it's interesting. Like a guy will tell you, okay, I charge a hundred dollars an hour, period. Won't say anything else. Girls. Some of them go, well, I charge $100 an hour. But then they're like, well, maybe 80, 60. I want you to hear this from me. I will tell you exactly what I charge. I will never, like, I'm always willing to like work out payment plans and things like that. But like, I will never, ever, ever, ever negotiate on my prices. And you know what that does? That shows that my client, that I am confident in myself. If I were to say to you, hey, Nick, it costs hundred dollars to work with me. And you're like, well, I just don't know. And then I go, well, would you pay 90? Would you pay 80? You'd probably look at me and be like, does this person even believe like the value that she can provide? If I say to you, Nick, it's a hundred bucks, take it or leave it, buddy. I show confidence in the value that I'm providing. We as women have to do that more often. And it makes me so sad when people don't. And the minute someone negotiates on their on their value or what they're charging, I immediately don't believe that they have confidence in what they're doing. They may be the best. They might be 10 times better than me. But at the same time too, they're just not confident. And that confidence, you can smell it. You can smell it like a mile away, right? 
Last thing I'll say on this is a mentor of mine years ago, I remember something that he did and he did have the luxury of doing it. But when he put out his very first product, so he showed up online for a really long time for over a year and he had another stream of income. So he was able to do this, but it was so genius. His very first product he put on online was like $45,000. And I remember going, wow, that's crazy. 45,000 is the very first offer he's ever made. Like six months later, he put out like an $8,000 product. You know, that thing sold out in five days. Why? Because immediately people were going, oh my gosh, it costs $45,000 to work with him. Now I can work with for $8,000. Oh my gosh. And I was one of those people. I was like, hell yeah, sign me up. Had he started with an $8,000 product and then went up to a $45,000 product, it may have been a different, like it may have been a different um, speed in which he could sell it. I just think it's really, really helpful for people to understand that like price is never the thing. If people need it, I guarantee you they'll figure out how to pay it. And if you can show them the value that you provide, people will pay anything. It's honest to God that simple. You break your cell phone today. I don't care what you do. I don't care how much money you got in the bank. You're going to figure out how to get a new cell phone. You have to treat your value like a cell phone. Your target, show up as target. Target does not give discounts. You are target. Remember that. <laughs> yeah. Now, I think that you said there, I think showing, being able to clearly show the value that you're going to be able to provide, I think both gives you, I think it really gives you confidence in asking because sometimes I don't think we paint a clear picture for ourselves of the actual value that we provide. But if we can paint a clear picture of, oh, this is actually everything that we provide. And we know that it's going to be able to get there from, get them from here to there, that it's, it gives you that much more confidence to actually ask what you're worth. The next kind of confidence area that I want to ask about is, you know, you host golf events. You've been a guy, you've been around guys ever since growing up. And so you might just be inherently used to it. But when you're at these golf events, you're obviously probably around a majority of guys. And generally speaking, a lot of if there was a girl running the show around a bunch of guys, a bunch of men, then it might be a little bit intimidating and they might be like, I'm, I'm not really sure why I have the imposter syndrome. I'm not sure what I'm doing here. How can somebody who is listening, if they are, and it might not even be a guy to girl thing. It could be an age thing. They could be in a room where they're meeting with their coworkers and they're the youngest one there and they've got everybody else who is older than them and they're kind of intimidated to speak up or intimidated to be themselves, intimidated to present their ideas, how can they overcome that intimidation and truly have confidence in what it is that they have to bring to the table? Yeah, great question. And it's definitely not just guys, it's age, it's finances, it's experience, it's all of the things. I think it's helpful to remember that what you have to bring to the table is the reason why you're there. I'm the first person, I'll be the first person to tell you what I don't know. If even on my client calls, I work with extremely successful people, like all, all ranges, right? And I'll be the first person to say, you know what? I'm not a hundred percent sure, but let me find out for you. That builds trust in people. Like, I don't know all the things. Yes, I'm a coach. Yes, I'm fantastic at what I do, but I don't know everything. And I'm the first person to freaking tell you, but also know why you're there. Like my clients, for instance, I have clients in every industry that you can possibly imagine. I go from like insurance to brick and mortar to real estate to farming. Like it's across the board, right? I don't have to know everything about those, those industries. That's not why they're hiring me. So I don't have to be intimidated that they might be like the smartest SEO. Like I have a client who's like 
literally ranks on number one page of Google for everything because he's like one of the best SEO experts in the world. But he didn't hire me to teach him about SEO. So I don't have to be intimidated about that. I, he hired me to help him build his confidence. He helped, or he hired me to help him figure out the best strategy to stay in alignment with what he most believes is true for him and figure out the next path to figuring out an income stream. Those are the things that I'm good at. So know why you're there and know what you're good at and stay within your means because you are there for a purpose and a reason, or you probably wouldn't be there. I think that that's helpful to remember. And also too, I remember I learned this years ago. I've actually got a, um, a picture on my wall, but I was doing an event with Arnold Palmer and uh, Peter Jacobson. And I remember Peter said to me something on the golf course and I was young. I was probably like 22 years old. And he said, Christina, be a sponge, take everything in, but take what you want and leave what you don't. And that as actually, I think like an AA Al-Anon, um, like Alcoholics Anonymous, kind of yes. like one of their slogans, um, but be a sponge take what you want and leave what you don't, but be willing to learn from everyone around you. Everything is, is everything's a life experience. Yeah, that's, that's all. It's definitely something that I've tried to continue, continue to try to do with the podcast and everything. Just try to be a sponge and, and take notes and try to uh, take what I like and, and leave what I don't. Like you said, I, you know, you talked about how you work with a lot of people from different industries and such. One of the things that you have, you continually uh, harp on is, being all in and no matter what, you're going to find a way. One of the things I would like to talk about is I think with everybody, there are certain times when maybe it is right to pivot. Maybe it is right to be flexible. Maybe it is right to be a little malleable with whatever maybe your goal is or the path is that you're currently on. And so for you, what is maybe the the right time to make the distinction between I need to be all in on this thing and no matter what, I'm going to find out the way to make this thing work versus, wait, maybe it is the right time to pivot. Maybe it is the right time to be a little malleable. That's a great question. And we all deal with that. You know, again, going back to my three pillars, decision, faith, and action. So perfect example, even for myself, there was an offering that I did for a really long time. I made the decision that I was going to do it. I was all in. It was a community. It was a community membership. So right now, my coaching, I do one-on-one coaching, masterminds, retreats, and intensive sessions. That's all I do. I love what I get to do. That's all I do. The online space will tell you, well, you can't scale to multiple seven figures doing that. Well, I don't really give a shit. I love what I get to do. So I'm fine making you know half a million dollars or whatever it is. All of that to be said is... I did this community membership. I went all in. I played full out for a year. About seven months in, I was like, I asked myself, and I have a coach. I always say never hire a coach that doesn't have a coach. You know, I have a coach, a therapist. I have great friends. I have, you know, high level people that I surround myself with. I have masterminds for myself and for my clients. And I started going, you know what? I don't know if this is an alignment for me anymore. And the, that faith piece is really important because I had to listen to that small, still voice within inside me. I had to distinguish if this was giving up, if this was quitting, and I don't quit on shit. So I understood that there was something there. And it was a hard decision for me to make, but it was almost just as brave of me to make the decision to close my membership after one year. Like I played full out for a whole year. I 
I started from call one to call 365 a, a year later, I played full out, but I did have to trust that small still voice within inside myself. And I had to like pivot in certain situations. I'm not telling you, you pick one decision and you have to check it in for the rest of your life. Even what I'm doing right now, this may shift, this may change, but you know, you know, if you're quitting, you know, if you're giving up on yourself, you know, if you're like playing the limited belief game, you don't, you know, if you're like um, having that imposter syndrome or whatever it is. But for me, it was like trusting that small, still voice, trusting that I, I could firmly tell you, I went all in, I did my best. It was just out of alignment and it didn't work. And guess what? Live and learn. Like everything's a lesson. I'm not afraid to fail. I'm afraid not to try something. Yeah. I think that's really key to Make sure that you do listen to the reasoning as to why you're maybe thinking about quitting versus not quitting because so many people will say kind of what you said. They'll say like, it was a gut feeling or I had that little voice inside of my head telling me to do this when it's like, no, you were just being a little coward. <laughs> a lot of people aren't honest with themselves enough about the actual reason and where that voice is coming from, whether it was a place of kind of fear or whether it's a place of like, this is actually not in alignment right now. Yeah. And figure out who like it and who are the people or the person that you have on your team that you can process that out with. And sometimes it's not a best friend. Sometimes it's not a partner. Sometimes it's not family because oftentimes, and I say this all the time, like you're no longer your parents or your family's stories. This is a huge thing that comes up with my clients. You know, everything that I do isn't just business. It's life and business. I don't believe you can just be a business coach or just be a confidence coach or whatever. It involves all the things. And I will say oftentimes, you know, your family, your closest people, they're not the best help in that regard. Why? Because they want you to be safe. Most people, your family in particular, your parents, your spouse, whatever, they go, oh, you you don't want to do that. That's hard. That won't work. No one on the internet does that. Like, And they don't mean it because they're assholes. They mean it because they want you to be safe. But, <laughs> you know, my husband and I, we have a motto, we do hard things because a hundred percent. I wouldn't have near the success or my husband or my clients have the success if we always just stayed safe and did what our parents wanted us to do. You know, like how many people like no, no judgment, but like, if you want this great extravagant life, chances are you're going to have to do really hard things. Hate to tell you, I feel like, I feel like we've swung the pendulum in such the other way right now that like me telling you, you're going to have to work hard and it's not always going to be easy. is like, the internet does not want me to tell you that, you know, we live in a world where mediocrity is cool. Now I'm not telling you that like a great life is going to take a lot of work. And I'm happy to tell you that because it's so worth it in my opinion. Yeah. No, I think what you said is really key. You know, the, your parents or your loved ones, your people who are close around you are all the people that we first go to oftentimes and advice. And it's oftentimes the last advice that we should actually listen to. And one of the things that I feel I am very blessed with is parents that don't necessarily think of things like that. They're not always just like keeping me, you know, I don't know if you should try that. I'm not sure it's going to work. And the way that I've verbalized it to people and the way that I feel kind of blessed about it is I say my mom, like 80% of her cares about the current version of Nick. And my dad is like 80% of him cares about like the future version of Nick. He's He's the kind of person who's like, He'll, he'll come to my house and be like, like, look at your gutters, look at your roof. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like stop. But you know, I've talked about this a lot. 
the dichotomy of you need to take care of the version of you now, but you also need to take care of the version of you that you're going to be down the road. And you need to realize that oftentimes people who care too much for you right now are going to hold back that future version of yourself. And that's why I think we need to maybe not oftentimes listen to advice from our loved ones and our family because they don't want us to get hurt now, but they are not realizing that the advice that they're giving us now are going to hurt the future version of ourselves down the road. 100%. Totally agree. 100%. Yeah. It's key. It's key. Uh, well, getting down here towards the end, uh, before I ask the last question, Christina, I just want to acknowledge you for your ability to continue to show up for yourself. Like I know there was that period of time in your life where you hit, like you say, your rock bottom and you didn't know where you were going to go after golf. You started doing these things, but you weren't in the right place from a, a confidence standpoint and an internal validation standpoint yet. But even during that time, it really sounded like you still showed up. You still were doing the hard work. You didn't cower down to it. You were like, okay, I know something's got to be different. I'm going to get dive into self-help, self-improvement, learn actually how to build up my confidence. And your ability to do that has now put you in a position to serve so many people who are in similar positions to where you were back then. And you're obviously impacting thousands of people. And I know you'll continue to impact thousands and thousands of more. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful. And you too. Like, I love your passion. I'm happy to do this. Anything I can do to help. I, you know, when you reached out, I very rarely say no. You know, I think that in, in life you, you do earn the ability to say no. And I definitely have good boundaries. You know, this, you think you asked me months ago, but I also do believe too, that like, it's our responsibility. This is our responsibility. I don't care how big I get, do all the things. Like I still know who I am. And I still want to always be able to bless another human being because that's the whole point, right? Yeah. I love it. Well, I appreciate it. Well, I know everybody's going to want to go learn more and, and follow you more and digest more of your content because I know they're fired up right now. So y'all make sure you go follow her on Instagram at bchristina. And that's Christina with C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A. And you can go to her website, ChristinaLeCure.com. And again, that's Christina, L-E-C-U-Y-E-R. And then you also, like she said, she has uh, her own podcast, Decide It's Your Turn podcast, which is awesome. And so you want to make sure you uh, subscribe and, and listen to that as well. Is there any other good place that people should go learn more and follow you at? No, sir. Instagram is probably the best option. I'm on, you know, my team puts me on like LinkedIn and Pinterest and TikTok and all the things. But the only one that you really hang out with me is probably Instagram. You, I, We do have a text message as well. If you want to send me a text message, um, text me the word coach or podcast, one or the other, it, either one. It all comes to me, 501-222-3362. But I'm super grateful to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. We will make sure we have that number in there. I remember I texted that and I was like, I'm not sure if this is actually you or not. And you're like, yeah, yeah it is. It was, me. it was me. See, I told you, I'm not lying. It is a hundred percent me. Nick texted me. That's how he got me on the podcast. So if you want me on your podcast, all you have to do is text me and I will reply. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, uh, last question here, Christina, is I think that getting closer to the best version of yourself is both a constant journey. Uh, I don't think we ever actually get to the best version of ourselves, And I also think it's a unique journey. I think the way that I'm going to get closer to the best version of myself is going to be a little bit different than the way that you get closer to the best version of yourself. So the last question is for you personally, if there are three things that you can currently do or three things that you could currently work on to get closer to that best version of Christina LaCure that you could possibly be, then what are those three things that you could currently do or currently work on? Mm, I love it. Great question. Um, gratitude. Gratitude will change your life. Gratitude for where you are now. 
If you are listening to this podcast and you're going, oh, easy for her to say, no, trust me, the whole entire secret, the pot of gold you're looking for is to be grateful for where you are now. I would encourage you to be you. Be you. Just like Nick said, where his journey is different than my journey. The whole reason why my social media handle is Be Christina is because every day my job is to be Christina. If that's podcast Christina, coach Christina, wife Christina, Christina golfing, Christina sitting on her ass, be Christina, you know, be you. Gratitude, be you. And I, I truly do believe decision, faith, and action can change your life. So, you know, even if your faith is in God, find something. Find something outside of yourself. But I truly do believe those three things um, can uh, absolutely change your life. Awesome. Those are three great things. I know, like I said, I know you guys were fired up from today and hopefully you built confidence just listening to it, but hopefully you gained some strategies and things, some things that you wrote down that you know you can go do now or tomorrow, make the decision, have the faith that it's going to work and go take action tomorrow so that you build confidence and you ask for what you're worth and you're not intimidated by people and you bring your value to the table. Make sure you go follow her at Be Christina. Other than that, Christina, that's all we got. Appreciate your time. Nick, awesome. Thank you. Man, that was awesome. Christina is an absolute firecracker that will light a fire underneath you and make you just want to crush life. Make sure you share this episode with a friend or family member while you're listening. Maybe you know somebody who's down in the dumps on themselves. Maybe you know somebody who has zero confidence, but they really should have all the confidence in the world. Make sure you share it with them at nickcarrier.com slash podcast. Again, nickcarrier.com slash podcast. And remember, confidence is key. Confidence is key because it's what you need in order to take action. And then when you take action, you get results. And when you get results, you build confidence. And that can just be a continual upward cycle. But you have to take action. You have to just go out there on a limb and let the path reveal itself to you along the way. And when you screw up, which is inevitable, stay committed to the process. When you fall short of perfection, realize that you've made, you actually made progress and keep going. For now, it's time, y'all. It is time for you to show up and show out. It's time for you to decide to have faith and to take action so that you can continue to get closer and closer to your best you. Best you.